For another edition of the pregame podcast, cast, cast, where Dan and I are not going to talk like announcers for the entire show, but we'll discuss all the sports that announcers typically announce in arenas. Yes, we are. Welcome oh, to the stop. announcer only version. Now announcing your starting lineup. First, host and executive producer and editor of the pregame podcast. Dan Zaleski and Man. and shooting there guard half our listeners and shooting guard coming in at six four two six two six two six two <laughs> <laughs> he did a double take my man did a double take you've only known me for like five years come on fam I uh, coming in at six two I suppose a uh, uh, hundred and some odd stick pounds <laughs> co-host with the uh, 170 pounds co-host with the most sass Kalen Wolfskill got a lot of salt right about now that's what I got <laughs> oh my god welcome to the pregame podcast everybody we have a lot to talk about today including Kalen you and I get creative we do get creative it's kind of fun yeah so we're gonna try to create our uh, branding package if you will uh, as if we were launching a new NBA franchise in the city of Seattle. Kalen, I know you're all about it. I am all about it. That is going to be a fun segment uh, to hopefully listen to because uh, it was definitely fun for Dan and I to come up with for the show today. Of course. And also, come up later on the show, we talk about everyone's favorite fan base. And by that, I mean the worst fan base in the world, the Philadelphia sports fan base. Uh, okay, all right. I'm gonna, I'll let you slide there, cowboy. Okay. Literal Cowboys fan. I'm sorry. I'll let that I, go. Listen, okay. I need to. I need to express the hate because I get abused by them quite a bit, including by you, Kalen. I'll just let the comments do the work for me on this one. <sighs> I. <sighs> there you go. There it is. Sad cowboy. Time for winners and losers. Winners and losers time here on the pregame podcast. Kaylin, who is your winner this week? Oh, Dan, my winner is the red hot Phoenix Suns who are tearing it up in the bubble. Oh, did I steal your winner, pal? Yes, you stole my winner. I thought I had a I thought I had one that you weren't gonna like, you know, snatch. I thought I was gonna have one. You're like, you know what, Kaylin, you know what, Dan? I almost said Kaylin. You know what, Dan? You picked a good winner. You picked a winner in the NBA. You picked one that, you know, maybe I wasn't paying attention to enough. And instead, you just blow the whole thing. You mention the Phoenix Suns, who haven't lost a game since the restart, and who are currently vying to get into that eighth spot and knock the Grizzlies out of the playoffs. Yeah, they're going to do it, too. Uh, they're not. I don't think they're, knock on wood, I don't think they're going to lose. Devin Booker's red hot. He's destroying everyone. He's giving Draymond Green $50,000 fines. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, I should say he's giving them to him. The NBA dished it out for tampering, quote unquote, tampering with Devin Booker because Draymond said on air, get my man out of Phoenix. And I mean, he's right. Devin Booker's talents should be somewhere else so he can go win a title. But it's up to him what he wants to do. Ultimately, that's what the NBA wants it to be. And Draymond, shut up. <laughs> anyway, 
Phoenix Suns, my winner. There you go. Dan, we now know who your winner is. Yeah. The that, Phoenix Suns. They're, they're also my winner. They, like I said, haven't lost a game since coming back. I mean, you know, Booker putting up massive point totals. He's... Oh, my God, uh, yeah. I mean, with the exception of one game against Indiana, he has not had a game less than 30 points since the restart. Uh, correction, he had 27 the first game of the season against the Washington Wizards. My bad. But the point still generally stands that that he's been on fire. They have one last game tomorrow afternoon against the Dallas Mavericks. Mavericks already have their ticket punched. What are they yep. going to be playing for? Nothing. Suns are probably going to clean this up, and I could. Uh, I, I want to see how they do in the playoffs. I want to see uh, how it goes in the West. It'll be interesting. I I think the Suns will get in though, so we'll see what happens. I think so too. They they are my winners. Um, you know what? I'm going to be. You know what? Devin Booker is my winner. Okay, forget the rest of the Phoenix Suns. All right. Devin Booker is the winner. Okay, so I can be different, and I can feel like I know basketball better than you for at least a moment in time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure thing, pal. All right. Well, since we since we had the same winner, basically, who is your loser this week? Well, uh, I don't have a loser this week because I didn't feel like being down. But I went with the Philadelphia Flyers as my uh, second winner as they clinched the number one seed for the NHL playoffs that are kicking off uh, very soon, if not already starting. They kicked off yesterday. So that's right. They did. Yes. Thank you for the reminder. Of course. And I love the fact that you had two winners and decided to go with you know, two winners <laughs> instead of just letting me have the winner I had. I know you didn't know about my winner ahead of recording, but, you know, this is just, you know, you talk, you, you mentioned how you were, like, extra salty in the intro when I was doing the announcer voice. Yeah, well, uh -huh. all the salt has just been shoved across this metaphorical table between us and is now all on my side of the court. So thank you. Thank you for all You're the welcome. salt. You're welcome. If you need more, I'm happy to supply. Don't worry about it. Yes, but the Flyers, you know, clinching that, not not really unexpected. They were red hot going into the break. Many thought that if there wasn't a break due to a, you know, global pandemic, the Flyers were in a really good position to take the whole thing home. So, yes, they were. Yes. which So it'll be interesting to see how they carry this momentum or create this momentum again to try and make a run at the title or the cup. We'll see. We will see. Of course, we do talk about Philly fandom later, so we know that regardless if they win the thing or not, we know how the city of Philadelphia will react. Riots everywhere. Um, <laughs> exactly. But anyway, Dan, who do you have as a loser this week, and is it an actual loser? It, <laughs> it's not someone who actually lost, um, but it's someone who... Uh, it's not someone who lost a game, but it's someone who lost something near and dear to them. And the loser this week is going to be my father. Okay, how is that sports-related? It's sports-related because my father holds one thing higher than anything else in the sports world, okay? This man holds it higher than his fandom to the Dallas Cowboys, his fandom to the Pittsburgh Pirates, his fandom to whatever basketball team happens to be on on a certain night. Uh, <laughs> above all, above anything that he watches, his fandom, first and foremost, is to Penn State Nittany Lion football. And it uh -huh. was... Announced earlier this week that the Big Ten had one final conference. Are we going to have the fall sports? Are we not going to have the fall sports? The ACC are trying to make it happen. The SEC is trying to make it happen. The Pac-12 is already canceled. Which way do we go? And it's come down officially earlier this week that Penn State will not be playing football. Michigan will not be playing football. Ohio State will not be playing football. The Big Ten will not be playing any fall sports this fall due to the COVID pandemic. And for that, 
My father has nothing in sports that he cares about until maybe Penn State basketball. So that's that's the big sad right there. That is the big sad. He was uh, talking to me earlier this week before they had the official meeting about how uh, he would be uh, like not like very upset, but he would be in in the realm of disappointed if uh, they right. they you know if they have to cancel it. I mean, I'm sure he's understanding of the whole thing. We haven't really talked about the you know the the political nature of canceling things and all that with the pandemic but uh, i'm sure he is uh he's feeling for the fact that it's going to be uh a a year missed of penn state football as this team has started to show a level of consistency under coach james franklin yeah no that's definitely unfortunate i mean i feel bad for those athletes the most because now they lose a year of eligibility and all of that and they they didn't even get the play for that year of eligibility you know what i mean it's not like they got hurt or anything it's like are they losing a year of eligibility for it as far as i know yeah i don't see why they wouldn't because they're gonna progress through school yeah but the the year like the year of eligibility thing doesn't matter on progression in school because for example like technically if an athlete leaves college early to go to the draft they could still go back even if they complete their degree like while they're a pro, they could still t- they still technically have NCAA eligibility. It's I I think it's it's tied to physically actually playing the seasons. Now whether or not the NCAA goes well, the ACC SEC had their seasons, so we're gonna count that's, eligibility yeah. overall, which would be. I feel like that's something that the NCAA would do too. Oh yeah, but I don't. It's it's not the right thing to do, but it's something they would do because yeah, it's the NCAA. It's a billion-dollar organization built on unpaid labor. Yeah, I think that that's what's going to end up happening, to be honest with you. So I'm just assuming there'll be a year of eligibility gone. And to top it all off, a lot of these guys are voicing you know, how some of these players come from really bad situations and they come to football and it's like their sanctuary. Like, the school is their sanctuary, basically. And they won't get to do that because, you know, they're not going to get football. I mean, they might still get to go to school if school's open and not online, but they don't get to play football. Like, they don't get to do the thing that they're there to do. And especially if they're like someone destined for the NFL and they're only planning on being there like two years, like, well, now they're going to be another year older until they like declare draft or whatever. Because honestly, if I was one of these guys in the Big Ten on Penn State, I wouldn't declare draft after this season because no one got to see you play. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see the decisions made and what the NCAA does overall and what the rest of the conferences will do. With all the hype and excitement from the Seattle Kraken unveiling their name a few weeks back, I had a little bit of an idea, Kalen, and I know that you're going to be on board about it. Oh, yeah? It is the fact that we're going to try to model what we think it would be like if basketball returned to the city of Seattle. Now, you talked a lot about how, or at least when we were speaking about the Kraken, how if they're going to put a basketball team back in Seattle, they can't call them the Supersonics. That's, it's already dead and gone. They got to be a new team. They got to be fresh. They got to be something different. And that is exactly what you and I put our minds to this week, Caitlin, to come up with a couple of ideas for what this Seattle expansion team could look like in the NBA. Yeah, and I uh, I think I personally came to two half decent ideas i'm not gonna say that they're completely fleshed out or that either one should exist but they're ideas you know 
Okay, well, I mean, you're going to ad- be advocating for them to potentially exist, so, you know. We yeah, have a I lot mean, of gusto behind your ideas, a lot of faith. Well, I, I think there are things that you would throw in the think tank in the board meeting of the potential team, but I, I don't know that they would be winners of that, per se. We'll have to just see how good they are. So I'll give you the floor, since you have two. I came with one solid one. I, I Listen, I'm walking in with one big pitch. I don't got 10 billion ideas. You got your big, one big ostrich egg and one big basket. Well, hopefully it is not an ostrich egg. Hopefully it earns me a couple of points and isn't a big fat goose egg on the board. But <laughs> with that being said, I'll let you go first, Caitlin. So break down your first concept. Break down your first idea. Basketball is right. returning to the great city of Seattle. What are they called? What do they look like? You know, where do they play? What information do you got? All right. So the basic items that the two of us discussed to have were obviously the name, color scheme, uniforms, stadium, and then what do you call your fans? So those were kind of like the five things, the five pillars of this whole thing, if you will. So the first team that I came up with, or the first name I came up with is the Seattle Rain. Okay. Now, it's a pretty obvious name, right? It rains a whole lot in Seattle. It rains a whole lot in the whole state of Washington. I mean, of course. So what does this team look like, right? Also, to elaborate on the name a little bit, you make it rain in basketball oh, when I was you're doing say, well, right? Yeah. So yeah. you make it rain. It rains in Seattle. I kind of kind of made that correlate corny correlation and was like, all right, the, the Seattle rain sounds kind of good. So what do they look like? Well, well, hey, I mean, to be honest, if you're going to go with Rain, you might as well just Upton called them the Seattle Thunder, huh? Well, you can't do that. Well, yeah, I, I know. It was a joke. You can't do that. <laughs> but, I mean, I see the pun. I mean, also, right. that's also what they renamed the team that left Seattle. I know. <laughs> that's to the that's Thunder, why I was so. like, I see, I see your irony there. I see it. I you know, get I was, it. I was hoping for a laugh. It's rude. But, you know, an awkward pause and and you just kind of go and, well, you can't do that. Is is not what I was going for. But regardless, okay. You just got to be funny then, Dan. I don't know what else to tell you there. <sighs> um, Cut, cuts deep, man. Cuts deep. <laughs> anyway, so what do they look like? The main color I thought would be like a dark blue. Secondary would be like a medium shade of blue. And then the third color would be like a lighter, almost baby blue kind of color. Obviously, you're going to have some white mixed in there just because like for lettering and things like that, just because, you know, that's you have like three primary colors for a team or for a logo. And then you have like white or black or whatever sprinkled in to make it pop or use for lettering, etc. So. The uniform, the home uniform uh, would be white with a uh, with dark blue and light blue outlines. So like your lettering would be dark blue. Your outline of the lettering would be that light blue color, almost baby blue color. Your away unis would be the dark blue base with a light blue lettering. And then, I don't know, maybe white on the outside or maybe white main lettering and then light blue on the outside. Play around with it, you, you know, figure it out. Then the alternates would be the light baby blue base color with dark lettering on them. And I thought those would be pretty hot. Okay. All right. With the dark blue look coloring on them, right? Okay. So I thought that'd be neat. So kind of like a uh, if a f- old school Phillies uniform, if you will, you know, that, that 
powder blue, baby blue color, you know? It's it's kind of giving me a little bit of like the uh the Memphis Grizzlies look a little bit. Like some of the Oh yeah, vibes. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit of that vibe. I mean, um, which which listen, there are so many teams in the NBA that they cover pretty much every color combination and some of them already like lay on top of each other's color combinations. Yeah. So it's it's not like everything needs to be 100% completely original. Well, the NBA also has like, you know, city jerseys and holiday jerseys. Oh, yeah. Not, now I wasn't have, even now, counting that. Yeah. Like there's so many that they just they don't even care about the color scheme half the time anyway. So what does it matter? <laughs> um, so the stadium we would call it the cloud. Okay. Obviously, besides like the sponsor's name, like the Mercedes Benz Dome or whatever, it it would be you call it the cloud. And then the fans, I don't know what you call the fans. I just said you call them drops because you got rain and then you got raindrops. Like I was like, maybe that works. I don't really know. <laughs> that sounded dumb. And I I was like, there's no way you call them. You could call them puddles, maybe. I don't know. But <laughs> I was that was where oh, I went with that. Oh my one. gosh. I think that in terms of like something that is really true to the city of Seattle, sure. <laughs> like I mean rain yeah. rain is effective. I don't know how much they'd appreciate being called the rain, but I don't know if there's uh I don't know if there's a if there's a better one. Maybe the Ooh, okay. So here's here's the idea. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tweak yours a little bit. All right. Okay. All right. So First off, everyone loves alliterations. And second off, can we can we go harder on on the water factor than uh, just the rain? So first okay. off, I believe the Seattle Storm is already a thing. Yeah, I, I, I let me. I think that's the WNBA team. Hold on, I I need to fact check that. It is in fact the WNBA team is the Seattle Storm, which would have been really good. Look at that. But what I, I was know my stuff. of course. But what I was thinking of was not just the Seattle Storm, although now that we know that there's the WNBA team, I don't know if this works, but I was thinking like the Storm Surge, or maybe we no. just maybe we just flip it and call them the Seattle Surge. I mean, you can say Seattle Surge. I'm about that. Although <laughs> Seattle Surge is currently occupied by a professional Call of Duty League esports team based in Seattle, Washington. See, that's not going to work either then, man. Damn you. <laughs> I was listen. I was just trying to beef up your aquatic themed, you know, your weather themed, yeah thing. It seems like others have already done so though. I'm trying to. I'm just trying to give you a little, you know, a little boost to it. A little bit of a little bit of addition to it. Yeah. But enough playing around with my my rain and droplet idea. What did you bring to the table today? What's the ostrich egg you've been carrying around for the last week? Okay, so I'm I'm not gonna lie. First off. The initial idea I had was like, all right, everyone focuses on the sea for Seattle and no one focuses on the fact that it also has a lot of mountains, a lot of like beautiful, like, you know, a hilly terrain, you know, and like, you know, cliffs and everything surrounding the sound. So I was like, all right, what can we do there? I was thinking and I was I was stuck on Mountaineers for a while. I really thought Seattle Mountaineers might be a winner. Okay, but I decided to go against it primarily because I felt like I was drifting too much into the Lewis and Clark Explorer vibe, which is already basically the origin for an NBA team in the Portland Trailblazers. And I mean, yeah, th- it, it makes more sense for them, et cetera, et cetera. But I eventually came back around to my actual idea, which I landed on the Seattle Sea Captains. 
Aha. Okay. Well, Dan, I will say this. You and I had a very similar journey for this because I originally too started with looking at the wildlife of Seattle and like, you know, can I name it after a specific tree or something? Like Mm -hmm. what, what's cool that I can name wildernessy because I'm an outdoors person to begin with. Um, And I just came to nothing. I was like, there's nothing good here. There's mountain goats, beavers, (laughs) and, and, all the other animals already have a team named after them. So that didn't work or that was just a bad animal to name it after. So I had a very similar journey and it'll be interesting. You'll like my second choice then. So continue with yours. All right. So the one I brought to the table is Seattle sea captains. Now, first off, I was trying to think, okay, do we stick with the typical sea captains uniform, which would be like a Navy. It would have some gold accents. And I'm like, that's pretty hot sounding. I did shy away from it for two reasons. One, navy and gold is already the colors of a lot of teams in the NBA. The Pacers. The Jazz. The Jazz. The Nuggets, kind of. Yeah, they're a lighter shade of blue, but yeah. Yeah, but it it, it still is a territory that I'm like, can I do a little bit different? Because I didn't want to be exactly the same, you know? Right. So what I ended up doing, and this is the second reason I switched it, is that Seattle has a city nickname. A lot of cities have nicknames. You know, like the Big Apple for New York. I I don't I don't know any others off the top of my head. <laughs> city of Brotherly Love. Yeah, okay, yeah, City of Brotherly Love. Steel City for yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah, Bo- Boston is is Bean Town or what something like that. They have a, uh, a yeah, I think a, so. a dumb nickname like that, but yeah, you you mentioned some good ones, City of Brotherly Love, uh Steel City. It, regardless, I'm not going to sit here and name a bunch. But Seattle's is the Emerald City. So what it would be is it would be an emerald green and a gold. To me, that sounds like Nintendo Emerald City. But anyway, (laughs) well, I mean, they like they say that they chose that nickname in like 1890 something or whatever. So they definitely didn't take it off Nintendo. But regardless, it would be an emerald green and a gold, probably accented with some white as well. And I'd imagine what it would be is it'd be a primarily emerald jersey, at least for the, you know, the main unis. And okay. it would have gold trimming, much like a lot of uniforms in the NBA do. Like they have that like a, like a that secondary color, like around like the uh, armholes and down the sides and down the sides of the shorts. But the okay. difference here is that the gold would have more accent to it to make it look a little bit like a naval uniform. Okay. Okay. I see where you're going with it. So yeah. It's, it's got. I, a, that it's, sounds pretty dope. It's got a little bit of like additional flourish, and then white as just you know, you, you talked about black or white basically to be kind of like a, a neutral accenting color. So you know you'd probably have a little bit of white in there around you know areas of the collar, areas of the the mm-hmm. sleeves or armholes, depending on you know sleeveless or short sleeve or whatever. And yeah, that would that would be the basic look of the uniform for the. The flip side ones, I do like the idea of it being like a primary white and then, you know, using the green and gold to to replace those accents on the sides and the collar and all that stuff. But there's nothing really special about the uniform. Like there's not any like special details really thrown in besides that gold kind of just like, you know, maybe adding a little bit more uh, detail to it than it just being a plain stripe. Right. And then, of course, you have the stadium and the stadium. It might need some tweak independent on the sponsor. But it could always be the SS something. The SS something. Like fill in the blank. The SS right. fill in the blank. So if it's, I don't know, Microsoft is the arena sponsor. 
It could be like the SS surface <laughs> or <laughs> the SS surface <laughs> or I don't know. You know, it, it could oh, like the shit. the official arena name could be something else. It could be like Microsoft Arena or, you know, Starbucks Arena or Whale Arena. Right. But what like, the fans call it, but the yeah. fans call it the SS whatever. Yeah. Which that could always be like a more natural development. I'm trying to think of another example in the NBA of where, like, the fans have, like, a, a pet name for the stadium that's different from the actual, like, sponsor of the stadium. Really not too big of a thing in the NBA. I'm not. I'm going to be honest. I mean, they exist for football, now that I'm thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, like, okay, like, yeah. for iconic for iconic ones, yeah, it exists. But, well, like, of the, the Wachovia Center, or, no, what is it? In- it's Wells Fargo Center. Wells, thank you. Wells yes. Fargo Center was the Wachovia Center. The Wells Fargo Center, it, everyone just calls it the Wells Fargo Center. Yeah. To my knowledge. I mean, like, I'm thinking of, like, for example, AT&T Stadium for the Dallas Cowboys. A lot of fans refer to, like, Jerry's house. So. Okay. I'm, I'm picturing. Because it is his house. So. I mean, yeah. I mean, it is his, you know, his house for his $5 billion team. Regardless, I, I definitely think there's, like, an SS something that could, like, be, like, moved in there in some type of fashion. Also, this name also gives the ability for there to be kind of some, like, play with the whole, like, MVP of the game type thing. Okay. So that could be, like, you know, your captain is, you know, or something to that effect. Or people start, like, hyping up, like, the the lead of the team, like, the all-star on the team as, you know, him being, like, like the captain of the, like, I mean, obviously he'd be the captain of the team. But, like, in an even greater sense due to the fact that they are the sea captains. Also, the fandom can easily be referred to as the crew. Yep. That's a no-brainer. That's that's a pretty straightforward one. And also, I really like the idea. A lot of arenas in basketball have different sound effects that play when different things happen, like a turnover. A boat horn. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, yeah. Like you On could... foul shots. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, I like the idea of having a boat horn for something. So, like, we could have, like, a boat horn for... Let's just say a boat horn whenever the home team scores points, whenever we score points. Okay. Oh, God. Get me out of the Actually, arena. Okay, hold on, hold on. So let's do, how about this? Let's do the boat <laughs> horn. How often that go off? Let's, let's do the boat horn for threes. Okay. And then like normal buckets, they would ring like a ship's bell or like a buoy bell. Yeah, like a ding, ding. Yeah, like they, they would like have a sound effect for that basically. Dude, don't draft. Oh, don't pick up Steph Curry on free agency. That's all I gotta say. Because <laughs> that boat horn is just gonna be going off. Well, the thing is, like a boat horn is like a like in, in hockey. That's ba- basically every goal horn is a boat horn. It's just a big followed by you, you know like, a song or whatever. Like four, you, on average, you score like four goals in hockey, not like fifty buckets. Okay, I'm just. I don't know. That's a big difference. I like I'm not saying it has to be an incredibly loud intrusive boat horn. It just would be like very like on brand. Every boat horn is loud and intrusive. What sound effect would you use if like the home team got a turnover? Like they forced a turnover. A wall are they forced a turnover? Yeah. Like they didn't come um, they didn't give up the ball, they got the ball. Ooh. Uh maybe a pirate noise? R or something like that. I kinda like the idea of just like someone going, Land ho! So, yeah, I mean, it would definitely be something like that. I don't know. Some, sure. Something to. <laughs> it's a really dumb idea. I know. I was just, uh, it's, it is really bad. I was trying but... to put you on the spot there, trying to come up with something. But that's kind of the essence of uh, what I'm working with for the Seattle captains. 
So what do you, what do you think? Good idea, bad idea? I think no offense. I think it's better than the rain. Um, I'll disagree with that. You prefer the Seattle sure. rain to the Seattle Sea Captains? Uh, I do actually, but that's just because I came up with my second team, okay. which is the Seattle Captains. Um, <laughs> actually, <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. The Seattle Captains were my second pick. Um, I and I, and swear I, to. Oh, okay. Well, here's the thing. We'll take the best parts of each of our ideas and blend it together. Exactly. exactly. So I want, I want to know so, where you took it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I took it. You went the like slightly non-traditional route with things. I hardcore was like, screw it, we're going traditional. So my version of the Seattle captains. They first of all, they're not the sea captains. They are just the captains. So let's get that up front and center first. My brand was captains, not sea captains. And I kind of like sea captains better. So there's there's a, our first merger already. Okay. Um, we're, 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 we're working out the... We're figuring out like which HR department gets like fired when we bring these two together. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which PR team gets canned. Yeah. So my color scheme was a yellow, kind of a yellowy gold, dark blue, and then, and then a white, just white. So kind of basically ripping off the Utah Jazz. Um, yeah, so you started in the same spot I did, but you decided to stick with it instead of diverging to uh, to bring in that whole Emerald City vibe. Yeah, I I really just wanted to keep it traditional, kind of captainy, oceanic mar- mar- uh, mariner. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to say mariner though. There was another nautical. I was looking for nautical kind of vibe. A-, a mariner is a nautical um, vibe. I I know, but I didn't want to say Mariner because I was thinking nautical. Yeah, maritime was yeah. more or less the word I was looking for. Yeah, so what my unis were looking like in my thoughts, home unis were white, blue and yellow accents, mm-hmm. you know, however you wanted to do it. Uh, obviously, I would say the the blue with yellow accents probably would look the best. Aways were dark blue based, basically rip off the Utah Jazz uniform, home and white and dark uniforms, and you got the unis. Then the alternate was a Laker, like Lakers unis. They were yellow gold with the white and blue accents for the lettering and stuff like that. Um, okay. Maybe throw in some black if we needed to, to, you know, make things look good or whatever. But you got the gist. The stadium, we had very similar thoughts on the stadium. And honestly, I was thinking you could have some serious fun with the architecture of the stadium. And kind of make it look like this. You can make it look like a ship and call it the ship. So when you design the building, this wouldn't be a ground up building probably in Seattle, unfortunately. But if you had the opportunity, you could do some really cool stuff with the architecture and kind of give it like a bow with a ship or a hull. And, you know, like have some real cool stuff going on. I like the Uh, idea that like you have like a pretty standard building. Okay, if you picture, you know, any basketball or hockey arena, they're all basically the same. But like on one end of it, you just have the building kind of jut out to a point to be kind of like. Yeah, like like as you said, like kind of like the the bow of the ship. Yeah, exactly. It just has to be something simple like that. Doesn't have to be like over the top. But something like it just kind of comes to like a point at the end. And because of that, maybe like there's that upper section of seating is able to go back a few more rows. And then that's where you stick like the hardcore home crowd fans. That's where you put the crew. Like, yeah, 100 percent. Something like that. Now, my fan nickname was not the crew, which was a oversight on my part. In all honesty, I called them first mates. Okay, yeah. So you have your first mates, which are, you know, your best mate. 
So I figured, well, if you're hardcore fans, you're first mates because, you know, you're backing the team so heavily and whatnot. So that, that was my connection to it. Crew I like as well. Maybe like part of the marketing scheme could be, you know, if you're part of the crew for the, the Seattle Sea Captains, you can become a first mate by doing X, Y, and Z. And like we make them subscribe to something. No, you, you buy season tickets. If you're a season ticket oh, holder, you you're buy, a first mate. Yeah, there you go. See, see, together, together we there come up is. with good ideas. So normal fans are the crew. And then you have, like, you could have that be the name of the section. Yeah. Like, you could have, like, a, a section that's, like, a lower section split up and everything called First Mates. Yeah, for sure. And that's but, that's where you, you sell the season tickets. So, honestly, the Sea Captain's idea definitely was more thought out. And we both came to it. However, I do like the rain. I think the rain is a, is a quality name. I'm not going to lie. <sighs> I do think it is. I, I'm sorry. I just, I can't. I can't call the team. Like... <laughs> You referenced this as a name for the fans earlier, but literally it's like, oh, we're playing the puddles. I don't know. Like, I feel like you need I get it. Every mascot doesn't have to be like intimidating or anything like that, because like at the end of the day, that doesn't really matter much. But at the same time, I don't know about the rain. I mean, a sea captain is not very intimidating either. At least a sea captain's a person. What does that have to do with anything? Benny the Bull is the logo for the Chicago is the logo and the mascot for the Chicago Bulls. He's a freaking bull. Yeah, but bulls are more intimidating than the rain. I, I hate rain, so like <laughs> I, I despise rain. So, you know, like, I'm sorry. Are you like a desert in drought conditions that could flood easily with rain? Like, what are you? <laughs> Why are you so intimidated just, by the rain? I'm just like a cat. I hate rain. That's all. Just don't like being wet. <laughs> All right. Well, for the joint captains idea, I do. I I do think sea captains is a is a slight upgrade to the name. I would agree. I think when it comes to colors, I think both have merit. You know, I think that maybe doing something where it's navy and gold with like emerald accents would be a, a nice in between. That's difficult. That's it's not great blending of colors, well, but we, I'm, just, I'm sure we could design something. I mean, listen, I'm like, I, I like my color choices. I'm sure you love your color choices. So we're just trying to find the medium there. Uh, I, I will say not partial to mine, to be honest with you. Oh, you're not. I think, partial I to think yours? no, but I think I think we should have jerseys that were my jerseys. But then we should definitely I liked your emerald jersey idea. So like we should definitely have a jersey that's like an emerald based jersey and then, you know, mess with that color scheme. Maybe that's the city jersey. Yeah, the emerald I city jersey. I mean, to be fair, at the very least, it feels like you got to have a little bit of green because that's kind of like your la like your ever so slight glance in the direction of the supersonics, basically. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah. yeah, you existed at one point. I do like the idea of just calling it the ship. I like that. It's better than mine. Mine was too convoluted. So I do like the ship. And then we kind of came together and figured out that the first mates are the season ticket holders and uh, the crew would be the fans of the exactly. Seattle Sea Captain Squad. Yep, exactly. I think we figured it out. We have. I it. think we did it. We got a team. We, we have a team. Time to write a letter to Adam Silver and uh, make a petition for it. Oh, big old proposal time. That's what's going on. That's that's take, for sure. Take out a very big loan. Hey, Adam, we already did the work for you, okay? <laughs> and now on the pregame podcast, I'm going to dive into a phenomenon that was inspired by a story recently in MLB action. Kalen, you have no idea what I'm talking about. I have absolutely no idea what you were saying right now. 
So this story you may have caught, this story happened a little earlier this week. And what it was is the fact that the Yankees are playing in Philadelphia against the Phillies. And of course, the stadium is closed off to fans due to this wonderful COVID pandemic we're dealing with. But yeah. it didn't stop fans from influencing the game. Oh? So I'm guessing you haven't heard this yet. No, not at all. So what it was was the fact that there's a, a section of gate out by 10th Street which, if you ever have been to Citizens Bank Park, the home of the Philadelphia Phillies, you know that there is a a catwalk, boardwalk area behind center field. Yep. Well, there's a gate that connects straight to that catwalk, boardwalk, on kind of like like center field, but a little to the right field side, like right center. Shades towards right field. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've entered the park there many a time. Yeah, the 10th Street exit. So the thing is, you can kind of see what's going on from standing outside that exit. You don't have a great view, and you're pretty much just kind of listening to what's going on around you. But that did not stop a couple of fans who call themselves the Pandemic Crew from oh. standing at this gate, cheering for their Philadelphia Phillies, blasting air horns, and doing the one thing that Philadelphia does best, and the thing that we're going to be talking about today in Philly fandom in general, tilting Aaron Boone, the manager of the Yankees, off the face of the planet because they're just standing there just going boom you suck boom you suck over and over and over again air horns blasting and just not interrupting the game it wasn't like overpowering what was happening but it was clearly audible to everyone playing this game that's awesome to the point where aaron boone complained to the umpires and the umpires went they're outside the stadium what do you want us to do we have no ability to do anything he wants to yeah, kick really. them out. We can't kick them out. They're already out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is amazing. So, yeah, this is a real story that happened. But the thing I want to talk about is the absolute sheer, I don't even know how to describe it, the obsession that Philadelphia fans have about their sports teams. Oh, yeah, man. And, I mean, as someone who isn't a fan of any Philadelphia sports teams, it's very annoying. <laughs> It's so when they, is it really when it's facing off against your team? It is so annoying. I mean, yeah, I'm sure if I went to Pittsburgh, it would be pretty annoying, too. Oh, what to to what hear the four Pirates fans like try to rally their team? No. All right. If the if the Pirates were any good. No point being, I think that Philadelphia sports fans are a different breed of human in like they're they're more passionate and more like crazy obsessed than seemingly any other sports city yeah which which is a bold yeah. claim to make but like it's it's something i wanted to discuss because it just seems like no other team's doing this no other team has fans just chilling outside the gate screaming you know your uh your typical put downs and other shenanigans through the gate at the opposing manager to the point where they actually like try to do something about you most other teams also don't have gates that allow you to see the field. So that's also kind of an element of this is stadium design is allowing these uh, quarantine fans to do their thing. And I'm all for it, man. Like if you can influence the game in any way, shape or form, I am all for it. Like go to town, have fun, yell at Boone for all I care. Like I do not care at all. Like just, have fun with it like that's the thing with coming to philly like 
Philly has such the hard nose blue collar like vibe to it. I mean, the people that live in there, half of them are not hard nose blue collar people, but that's like, you know, the city's history is in that origin, right? So that mentality still lives in that city and it's it's fun to go and be around when you're not wearing a Celtics jersey. Um <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you know, when you're wearing your Eagles jersey, it's totally fine. Your Celtics jersey, not so much. Anyway, it's so it's just so fun. But yeah, it sucks to be on the other side of everything. I, I'm weird. I get to live both sides of this, like on both sides of this coin. Because when I go to Sixers games, I get I, I last game I went to, I didn't get heckled. But one time I was in a box. Um, it was actually the first basketball game I ever got to. We my family acquired box seats and um, through a family friend and there's a dude wearing an all white Iverson jersey who just kept like subtly making like remarks throughout the whole game as I was cheering the Celtics on. And I'm the only person in this box, by the way, that's a Celtics fan. And oh, I'm not wearing my, I'm not wearing my Jersey. I'm not wearing, I didn't even ha- own a Celtics Jersey at the time wearing no like green. I'm wearing a black Quicksilver shirt and some jeans. And this guy was just like coming at me hard. And I was like, dude, it's a game. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> like, this is like i'm in a box you know 300 feet off the ground calm down like we we don't need an altercation up here like dude it's fine like it's just a game it it was funny to me that's quite humorous i find a lot of those philly fans like that just total morons but like when i'm on the other side i love those guys they're great they're fantastic they're entertaining yeah i was gonna ask you because you know you Obviously, living on both sides of the coin, you know, was that your only experience being, you know, on the uh, the wrong end of the barrel, shall we say? Or have Um, there been other moments? Yeah, like there's there haven't been any that were that severe. You know, in college, like our friends used to bust me about being a Celtics fan. But I was like, you know what? Celtics are closer to winning a championship than the Sixers. Oh, yeah. And then who won the playoff series? You know, I can rub it in because the Celtics genuinely were you know the better team other than that i really haven't had too many experiences of being berated if you will or just having someone subtly just essentially call you you know not fun words well yeah i mean i get a lot of that mainly because like our mutual friends who are uh uh you know passionate shall we say uh philadelphia sports fans there's a lot to a lot to not like about me, primarily due to my Cowboys fandom, you know, and living so close. To, oh, for sure. To enemy territory. And like, I'm kind of in the same boat as you of like, you know, it's it's a game. And the only time I ever get annoyed by is when people go like over the top for seemingly no reason. Like, like, yeah, OK, calm down. Like you didn't play in that game. <laughs> like your team won. Yeah. Nice job. That happens. I mean. I I will get hype like for a Celtics game. I will get super hype. Like when I was in that box, I was definitely getting hype because that ended up being a two point game. So it was tense. I was getting enthusiastic like everyone does when it's a really good game. And that's just something you have to realize with sports. But like that happens even at home, you know, with like you're hanging out with your buddies, you get enthusiastic and stuff, too. And And Philly fans don't know the difference between we don't have a, an off switch. Like we're just full bore, you know, Sixers, full bore Eagles, full bore Phillies, you know, wherever we are. So it just follows us. It goes with us. And what's funny is I'm a Celtics fan with the Philly fan mentality. 
So <laughs> I'm just an in-your-face Celtics fan. And then Celtics fans look at me like, you're kind of weird, dude. And I'm like, yeah, I'm from Pennsylvania. So, yeah, it's, it's yeah. kind of a kind of my Eagles fan carrying over to Boston. <laughs> I mean, why do you think it's such a, you know, because you mentioned how since you're a Philadelphia fan in every other way, basically, besides, you know, the Celtics and, well, of course, hockey, because we're both Kraken fans now. Yeah, we're both Kraken fans now. But, you know, because you're an Eagles fan, because you're a Phillies fan, what does that, like, like, what's the difference? Is it, is there something in the water? Like, is it a seasoning on the cheesesteaks? Like, what, what part of, at least in your speculation, what part of Philadelphia culture causes this, like, extreme overzealousness and basically the inability to be complacent shall we say about your yeah. sports team yeah I, th- I think it comes from that blue collar mentality right that like work hard gritty just a mentality and i think i think since the philly fans can't be on the court for them the way they project that mentality is then through their fandom and like you know if i'm going to be a fan of these guys who are working hard and grinding it out and gritty tough I'm going to be a gritty tough fan and I'm going to love these guys no matter what and whatever else. So I think that's where it stems from. Also, when I was growing up, my grandfather was a, you know, Eagles fan. And he was, he looked at me and he's like, you're an Eagles fan until the day you die. End of story. No discussion. If ands or buts, you're going to love them. You're going to hate them. You're going to have good times, bad times, whatever Eagles fan till you die. And it's like, it's like a ride or die mentality. You know what I mean? And I think, I think that's instilled in a lot of young Eagles, young sports fans in general these days is like, you're a fan for life. And I am an Eagles fan for life. That's for sure. If he'd have done that for the Sixers, I might have not jumped ship when I was getting a little older, but definitely an Eagles fan for life till I die. That's for sure. Did you have any kickback when you switched over to the Celtics? Like, did your family disown you for a time or something? No, we weren't big basket. Like we're big, we're a big basketball family because we love the game. We weren't necessarily big in the NBA because, you know, in the early two thousands, the NBA was highly criticized for just all offense, no defense. Still is to this day. I mean, we're seeing it in the bubble, for instance, which we talked about last week. But that's kind of why we were big college basketball fans. So that's kind of where that my Syracuse love stemmed from. It was their success and that kind of stuff. But then, you know, the NBA thing was just like I started getting into watching the NBA and that was about around the time the big three in Boston was happening. And then it just, you know, I've talked about this before on the show, but that's kind of how that happened. And then I was kind of into just into the NBA casually. So that increased over time. And here I am today, Celtic super fan kind of deal. So, yeah. And I'm not going to and, you know, this whole discussion isn't like oh there aren't passion like hyper passionate fans about other sports teams and other sports cities you know oh yeah there are there there are other fan bases that are are hyper about their teams you look at the packers for example you look at uh, the patriots have a little bit of complacency in their fan base but like yeah like the steelers you know are another good example there um yeah steelers fans are pretty calm yeah, but like, but like, I'm still saying there's like still a ton of passion and support and everything there. But no, for there, sure, there's something there's there is something different about Philadelphia because every time there's a clip, whether it's you know 
I know you hate it, but you know when it, whether it's this batteries at Santa thing, or even like some of the more like haha funny viral things as as of recent, like the, the the one clip when the Vikings and the Eagles played each other to see who would go to the Super Bowl, for example, and you have that one like college kid who's just like laying there swinging his head back and forth, going "Go birds!" in front of like this middle aged oh, yeah. Viking fan mother. <laughs> And just being ridiculously obnoxious, like it's there. There is there is something different in the water. Like that's the only example I could think of. And I appreciate you giving your insight into into why you think that is. I can say, you know, having been on the the opposing side of it, sometimes you know it's a little extra harsh. You know, it's it is even from the people I call friends. It's listen, gloves are always off. You know, it's not like they're you know attacking like you know your family or anything, but it's still. It's still just another level that Phillies fans take it to. And I think going back to where this all started, this conversation started with the the whole fans outside the stadium blowing air horns, yelling at Aaron Boone. <laughs> it's a perfect example of Philly fandom. It yeah. literally is. And I love it. Like, I love that so much. No one else is doing it. It's just a couple of random Philly fans, a couple of guys. You know, they're out here. They're doing it. Afterwards, they stop by a Wawa, you know, or they grab a cheesesteak on the way home, you know, and they just they just go back home and and talk about how, you know, Dougie P is still going to be the best coach, despite the fact that he has COVID. Yeah, I mean, there's really not many more words for it other than, you know, just think of the most hardcore fan you can think of and then just plop them in Philadelphia. And that's every single Philadelphia sports fan um, that at least lives within the city realm. You guys are so frustrating to deal with. So frustrating. Yeah, we're pretty wild. It's fun to be a part of, though. Oh, I'm sure. I- I'm sure. There's a couple of moments that, you know, who knows? Maybe you can, maybe on the basketball front. I know you're more of a Celtics fan. That's probably where you want to get me to move anyways. But who knows? Maybe I might just uh, set up shop with the 76ers. If you yep. set up shop with the 76ers, this podcast is over. <laughs> yeah. Throwing that out there. Hey, listen, you're the one that said it was either last week or the week before that or whatever that you'd buy the, the set of us tickets to a, a Celtics 76ers game. Yeah, just to make you a Celtics fan, not a Sixers fan. OK, well, all I'm saying is you got to like when we go there, you got to you got to make sure I don't like slip to as you know, as you're probably imagining it, the dark side. Right. Uh huh. What? Listen, Anakin, <laughs> straight line in your training. All right. Straight line. <laughs> No, no visions of Joel Embiid dunking on Kemba Walker or anything over here. All right, you just gotta keep on sending me more reasons why Jason Tatum's the the next superstar in the NBA. Oh, that's not hard to do. He does. He he instigates that conversation himself. I guess it should be easy work for you then. So before we get into this week's obscure sport on the pregame podcast, I'd like to hearken back to. Well, something that's kind of popped up in my head a little bit as we are in the, as the baseball fans say, the dog days of summer. It's hot. It's hot outside. I mean, what do you expect? It's like early August. I'm, yeah, but I was just confirming. It's hot outside. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely hot. So It's toasty. Yeah. So it, it got me back to thinking about one of my favorite Olympic sports, specifically in the Winter Olympics. All right, it's not hot then. Yeah, well, you know, I'm thinking about cooling down. Okay. And that would be the sport of curling. Curling, great game. Okay. I don't know if you agree or not. Uh, it's 
definitely more dull than baseball, but you know, it's it's a sport. Mm, very upset. Uh, <laughs> so, well, here before we get into our, our obscure sport, I'd like to just refresh you with some basics of curling, if that's okay. Sure. I mean, yeah, go for it. I, so, I think I know the premise of the game, but yeah. Okay. So curling, it's uh, I mean, at least on the Olympic level, that's kind of what I'm going off of because that's where you see most curling at, at the Winter Olympics is teams of four. They have eight stones, uh, as they're called, that they throw and curl down the ice at a target, basically closest to the target wins. Um, you get one point if you have the closest stone to the center, and you get extra points for each stone that you also have closer than the nearest stone of the the opposing team, okay? Right. Pretty simple game, pretty straightforward. So one person throws a stone, and then the other three people use their brushes to to like kind of manipulate the path of the stone, the speed... And, uh, yeah, that's kind of the, the general gist of curling. And, honestly, curling, okay. big fan of curling. I think it's a nice game. It's a combination of athleticism and, like, intellectualness in sports. It's not like, a, you know, some other Olympic events where you're just, like, running or you're just, like, you know, like you don't have to think about it. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I mean, where are you going with this, pal? Don't Don't worry. Don't worry. In fact, actually... Uh, Kaylin, would you like to join me uh, at, a, at a future Winter Olympics to go uh, see the gold medal finals for uh, curling? No, I, I don't think so. Listen, if we do it in 2026, we could also go like on a tour of Italy, a little bros I vacation mean, in Italy. No, I'm not going on a bros vacation with you. I'll go to Italy <laughs> with my wife, but not you. <laughs> well, listen, I'd like to go to the U.S. Olympics, but there are summer Olympics the next time the U.S. is hosting. So, you know, that, all right, I'll take that, but don't. I'm not taking you to Italy before my wife. That's just messed up. I mean, we're there for the sport. We're there for the podcast. It's a work trip. It's a work trip. He goes. We're gonna do the obscure sport on the ice in Italy for curling. So, Caitlin, as you said before, you're wondering where I'm going with this. Yes, very much so. If you could vegan over here, if you could spitball a couple of ideas, what do you think they could do to curling to make it more of an obscure sport? What changes do you think have been made to the game to create a separate kind of curling that is nowhere near as popular as the Winter Olympic standout of, well, curling? They eliminate the brushes. Okay, this sport does do that. Okay, No good. brushes in this sport. They, instead of having it on ice, had it on, like, some slippery surface instead. So it's, it, it's no longer on ice, it's just like a... I don't know, it's like on a slip and slide or something. Eh, th this one stays on the ice. This one's still very wintry. Okay. Well, I missed the ball there. Okay. Uh, you're you're 50%. And then you would instead of bowl it like you would like in curling, like on your knee and push off, you would bowl it like it would be an actual flat stone on the bottom, but you would like spin it around with your arm and send it down and be smaller. Oh, like it's uh What's it called? Not like a it's a bowling ball kind of thing, oh, but well, not actually a bowling ball. Well, the way you described it, it sounded more like not like a shot put, but kind of like um, a discus. Is that what you were referring uh, to? Spinning in that way? Yeah, I mean, you could spin like a full 360. I was just more thinking like bowling, like a bowling ball, only like it's it's flat on one side. So you just kind of have to make sure you line it up right on the flat side or whatever. Well, I will tell Slide you. Slide it on down. This one does not have a different way of throwing the stone. This obscure sport, which I'm going to hold off on the name for, for just a moment, because it really kind of gives it away. It does a couple of things. First off, it does remove the brooms, as you mentioned. All right. Second, 
it expands the teams from the four team for the standard curling that you'd see. Although curling has like mixed duos and stuff like that. You know, this would be a bigger team. This is a team of 10. Oh boy. And they replace the stones with cars. Okay. I present to you the sport of car curling. What on earth? So if you were to guess what country has the, I'd say, abundance of resources to just take a whole bunch of junk cars and use them as stones in a car curling competition, where do you think I'm talking? I mean, I really feel like this belongs in, like, the northwest of America. I'm not going to What lie. are you talking about? The northwest? You, you think like, in Idaho in like, they're doing this? No, I like... the. Up in the like Wisconsin, Minnesota. That is that is North Dakota. Oh no, you meant Midwest. You said Northwest. North mid, yeah, the North Midwest. Sorry, the not North like Midwest. I said Northwest. Thank you. <laughs> well, how else do you describe that? In all honesty, the Great Lakes region. I guess. Ameri- I was thinking even further west a little bit. I mean, America's yeah. Canada, <laughs> like Minnesota and Wisconsin, are basically just Canadians that have American citizenship. No, America's Canada is anything above New York. That's mm. what it is. I mean, like, that's actually New England. There's a diff- I think New England has a cultural difference from Wisconsin and Minnesota. It does, but it's it's still Canada. Eh, oh, all right. Okay. I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to fight with you, okay? I've been there more than you. Back off. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Cuz anytime I'm going to say something, you're just like, "Shut up. I'm married to someone from that region. I know that they're Canadian." <laughs> Facts. And I'm going to be like, "Uh, fine. Okay." No. The country I'm talking about, the country where the origin of car curling, at least the form of car curling that we're looking at today, is the only place that would do this, and it's Russia. It is Russia. Uh, Yeah, they have enough ice. Yes, and they have enough crappy, compact cars to make this work. So, a couple of breakdowns about this game. So, what this is, is you have four teams um, instead of two. And they push a compact car that they have in abundance in Russia known as an Oka. If you look up this car, this car is like, it looks like it hasn't been updated since the 80s, this model of car. So it's like a Reliant Robin, but with four wheels? Yeah, basically that's what it is. It's it's one of those boys, a small little thing. And it's very simple. They take out the engine. They take out the windows for safety reasons. You know, nice of Russia to look at the safetyness of their sport. They have That's one... the first time they've ever done that. Yeah, exactly. They have one guy hop in the driver's seat of the car, and they have the other nine people on the team push the car, and then from there, their goal is to steer and maneuver the car into a position closest to the center of the bullseye. Mm-hmm. And basically, closest team to the center wins. Cool. So it's literally just curling in cars. That's it. Yeah, well, a car curling. I mean, <laughs> what else is it going to be? <laughs> true 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 so what are your initial thoughts of this game is this a game that you would uh do or is your automotive passion too much to wreck these beautiful beautiful cars no dude let's smash these things what are you talking about dude like (laughs) let's get rid of them let's get them off the face of the earth these are ugh i i pulled up a picture of them these are ugly cars man they they are not pretty cars these are like, well, you know what they are? They're Russian hot. They're literally Russian hatchbacks from the 80s, and they're not hot. They're like, you know, just duds yeah. from the communism era. 
I mean, to be fair, like I'm, I still think those are the type of cars that are being widely manufactured today, which is why they what, have such an abundance of cars. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to describe the, the Soviet style of car where it's like more compact and just doesn't look as aerodynamically. Bad. Yeah. Like, just call it bad. It's boxy. <laughs> and yeah. It's, it's just, it's not even a toaster on wheels. You can't even say that. It's just like the design of the car stopped in the eighties, but like they kept making it the same way for forever. Cause they were like, this isn't broken. It's like, well, it's, it's definitely not good. Anyway, not, not to harp on the car. Since I don't give a crap about them, I probably would shove it down the ice as hard as I could to uh, land it on the center there and then try to smash every opponent car I could with my car just to make sure that they were so damaged that they had to go to a junkyard afterwards. I mean, I'm pretty sure that these are all destined for for junkyard use regardless. I mean, there's no engine in the car. You basically just have a chassis. (laughs) Like, that's, that's all that's left of the car, really. I mean, yeah, but you can always put the engine back in. Uh, felt like it. I guess. Yeah, I guess that's a. I mean, you also have to put the the, the glass back on and all that stuff too. If you took it out, you can put it back. There is a alternative car curling that I found. I don't know which oh? came first. The car curling here that was started in Russia. Um, it seems to be the primary one for what I found. But there's also an alternative version, also called car curling, that is from Norway. And I want to know which one you prefer. Okay. So in this one, there's no engine. Nine people push the car. The last person steers it to the best of their ability on this ice. Closest to the middle wins. The way that it works in Norway is that car curling, you have a bit of, I guess, gravel with the big strip of ice at the end with your, you know, target, as you would in any type of curling. And... Your objective is you can get as fast as 50 miles an hour on the gravel, and then your job is to, when you hit the ice, slam the brakes, and then just everything crashes, and where it stops, it stops. Ooh, I kind of prefer this method. Wh- which one? The, the the driving one or, like, the hand-pushed one? I like Norway's version better, because, like, it's a test of how you can, quote-unquote, drive a car on ice while you know while sliding not that you have any control anyway but there's like a a more human athletic element involved versus like pushing a shell of a car down an ice rink with your buddy in it who can't control it anyway and then you know seeing if it lands on the target versus this is like one man has to get to x number of miles an hour slam on the brakes and then guide it to the spot he wants to be in i like that better I, I think I prefer the Russian one. I'll be honest. I think the Russian really? one is the... I I think I like it better because the Norway one just seems kind of like your evil Knievel daredevil thing, which is totally why I see you leaning in that direction. But yeah. the Russian one feels more like the community beer drinking like fun festival. Like it's the it's the thing that brings the family together. Like hop in uh-huh. Uncle Steve. Or, or, or excuse me, not Steve. Hop in Uncle Sven. Olaf. <laughs> And we're going to shove well, you down the ice. Olaf. Well, <laughs> sure, put the little friendly snowman in there. And you said send him down the car. That's, that's not really a Russian name. That's true, I guess. Let's split the difference. Okay, hop in Uncle Igor. We're going to push you down the ice. And you're going to try to, you know, slip your way into uh, into the center of the bullseye. Interesting. I don't know. I I feel like, yeah, you're right. The Russian version, you could probably play, you know, just 
pounding beers with your oh, buddies. Oh, hammered out of your mind. Yeah, it's, complete. I feel like that should be rule number one of car curling is rule number, like, you have to be hammered. But, like, the Norway version, I feel like you have to have some kind of semblance of space when you do that one. Are you going to get really hurt? I am all in on the Russian one. The Russian one seems fine. So, Kaylin, the next time you have a whole bunch of of uh, junker compacts that you don't need, just let me know. We'll find ourselves a nice big ice rink and we'll uh, make a day of it. Dan, if I ever own a junker hatchback like this, I will have killed myself. So there will be no car curling for me because I'll be dead. Ah, I mean, you that's if you own one. You need to own like four for this to work. So I don't know what that means. That means I'd be dead four times over. Oh, well, that's that's disappointing. <laughs> um, the car purist in me would never let me own one of these. Well, how about, how about this? If someone else acquires the car, could we put your corpse in the driver's seat and see if you could steer your way in death? Sure. I mean, I'm all about it. All right. That's cool. <laughs> if you want to dig up my grave, that's fine. You, you have permission. It's all good. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. He's, uh, he's going car curling in the afterlife. And before we wrap up the pregame podcast prediction time on the show, where we predict something that uh, we think is going to happen in the future related to sports in some way, shape, or form, Kalen, what do you have to predict this week? I am predicting this week. Uh, I'm going to stick with the theme of one of my winners. Since my Formula One Lando Norris prediction went completely south for <laughs> our last week, I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Flyers are going to get through the first round of the playoffs and cruise on to the second round with no difficulties whatsoever. So we'll see if that pans out. Okay. So, Dan, that's my quick, easy, simple prediction. What is your hopefully not long and convoluted prediction? My easy, simple prediction. Phoenix Suns win tomorrow's game. They sweep out the rest of the season they lock in that number 10 spot and then you know maybe they put a game or two up on the lakers that's my thoughts number 10 or number eight or number eight you know whatever they sneak into playoffs they face the lakers they lose but get a couple of good games whatever nba things that dan doesn't quite understand Uh, apparently i'm not allowed to know anything about the nba every time i learn something he comes over like men in black style and wipes it out of my brain (laughs) so you know that's that's how it rolls but don't lie to me <laughs> don't lie to the audience either way that's going to do it for the show here today uh make sure to follow us on instagram and twitter to see what else is going on during the rest of the week in between the shows and also don't forget to send us any questions comments discussion anything you want to talk about uh for us to talk about rather here on the pregame to our mailbag the pregame mailbag at gmail.com and that will do it for this week Kalen, anything before we're out here I'll take your silence as a no. <laughs> yeah, nope. I got nothing for this week. Uh, stay frosty, folks. That's, uh, that's about it. All right, then. S- stay frosty. COVID's out there. <laughs> uh, I'm Dan Zaleski. I'm Kalen Wolfskill. And we'll see you guys next week. Game podcast is produced by Dan Zaleski and Kalen Wolfskill. Theme music by High On You. A Ruby Media production.
Ah, oh boy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That yep. was a podcast. Yep, yep. 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 Yep, yep, yiggity, yep. Yep. All right, cool. That works. Ooh, you know what else is exciting? What? If the seating holds, Boston plays the 76ers first uh, round of the playoffs. I mean, that'll be cool. But I can't go to Orlando, so. Mm. There's that. Oh wait, no, they're doing the 16 team thing, aren't they? Uh don't think so. They, I don't remember. Are, are they, oh, I mean, I think I think the the East is still matched up with the East. Okay, then that makes everything I said so far. Yeah. Uh yeah. good. Otherwise, I would have sounded really dumb on a lot of other things on the podcast. Fun. Yo, get this. The 76ers called me this week. And it was like one of their ticket sales dudes, I guess, just to check in and be like, hey, how you doing, blah, blah, blah. Because I bought tickets on Ticketmaster and stuff for 76ers home games because mm-hmm. I don't got am not going to Boston. And he called me and was chatting with me or whatever. And I was like, hey, man, I'm going to stop you now. I'm a Celtics fan who bought games for the Sixers because I live in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So if you just want to, like, not pitch me Sixers tickets, that'd be cool and he was like oh okay that makes uh, all right understandable thanks for saving my time appreciate it have a good one i was like that makes bro. his life easy now wow i bought uh... tickets i bought tickets twice did you not bother to check either of those games because they were both celtic sixers games like come on well, i mean it could be i bought a, them twice like, it's two tickets it could be a coincidence you just maybe I, it's like you just like seeing good competition it's always the celtics that are good competition it could be a coincidence but come on that's there are no coincidences if it's that pattern. I mean, that that would have been a very funny conversation regardless. So nice job there. It was I, I just I didn't have time to let him ramble on or else I would have. And then just been like, yeah, so go Celtics and then hung up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would have been really funny. That would have been so good. But I didn't, I didn't have time to meme, unfortunately. <sighs> Grows up, gets married, becomes an adult, stops memeing. Man, what are you? Running out of time. That's what I am.